0: In deep. I like it. Put it in deep. Stone had the puck and gave it back to Eric Carlson. Carlson comes in. Here's Buckley Goodrow. Yeah. Yeah. Here's Buckley, Goodrow. The overtime winner. Buckley Goodrow is the hero for the Sharks in overtime in game know get pucks deep bring the puck deep put pucks in deep he's shipping pucks he's getting pucks deep just put the puck deep getting pucks out getting pucks deep get pucks deep pucks in deep.
1: Puck deep pucks deep keep getting pucks deep
0: all right here we go pucks in deep podcast episode 31 is underway we're back in well i'm back in canada we're back on either side of the bar and we're ready to rip off a bunch about the playoffs. We got Leafs. We got Knights, Sharks, Game 7 OT, as you heard off the top. Everybody loves a little Game 7 OT, don't they, Lesko?
1: Man, what an incredible, incredible series that was. And, uh, you know, something we never, ever see. It's a comeback like that and the circumstances being... So bizarre as well. I mean, a lot of controversy was born last night out of that, and I know a lot of people on the Vegas Golden Knights side, uh, particularly Jonathan Marsh, so was not too impressed.
0: Yeah, we'll cover the uh, series a little bit more in depth later on, but I just, lo- I just love that game seven, man. I could do game sevens all day, every day. Um, you know, obviously heartbreaking uh, when you are a Leaf fan. Now, used to be great. Remember when they used to win game sevens?
1: Uh, barely yeah barely yeah i guess you're (laughs) right yeah barely but uh, i haven't seen them i mean i've now and i've said this a couple times i'm enjoying where we where we're at that we're in the playoffs consistently yeah and that's all i'm getting used to what that's like yeah and now that there's expectations on there i find we're experiencing a little more disappointment um at the playoff losses but man that I was thinking about that, those series in the early 2000s when, you know, of course it gets mentioned a lot at this time of year that they haven't won a playoff series since then. And you you almost forget what that's like to experience as a fan. The handshake. Just witnessing the whole thing.
0: We don't get handshakes anymore. it's been a really long time.
1: Well, I I don't watch them. I sure <laughs> have that shit turned off before before the handshakes take place.
0: I was kind of proud of myself uh, actually for last night. I I uh I watched it. I had it on in the, the background. I mean, I was kind of on my phone, you know, here and there just kind of like distracting myself, so to speak, I guess. But I was uh I don't know. I was surprisingly okay with the uh, with the game seven loss, I just I I knew in any way, and that's not a good thing to say. It's not. I don't mean like a good thing in terms of being a bad fan or anything. You can call me a bad fan if you want. You don't have to think your team's gonna win every time. I I, I I had no confidence in the game, and it came true, and it came true pretty easy. It wasn't like it was a real heartbreaker in overtime or something like that, you know. So it was okay in that sense, and I just knew we were losing, and it kind of turned out that way. They scored that early. Weird one that I still don't know how that went in.
1: Wow, did that ever find a way through you know? Friday? Like oh, that's one you—that's when you want to have back absolutely. Yeah. And was kind of uncharacteristic in comparison to his play. Um, you know, there was a couple couple mistakes and Boston capitalized. I mean, we've said this throughout the series that uh, this is one of their strengths. You know, they'll they'll sit and they'll uh, um, they'll almost outweigh the Leafs. The Leafs came at them hard early in that game. Oh, and they waited so and they waited good. and they they waited for their moment and they pounced. And, you know, I guess one of the reasons why I wasn't like devastated is given that, you know, they were down early. And like you said, it wasn't a close game, but they didn't exactly instill a whole lot of confidence that they were going to be able to get themselves back in that game because their play seemed to taper off as the game Went on instead of getting ramped up in a desperation situation.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you saw, I mean, you see that in sports, right? When when it's not looking great for one team, you either you see the team fold it up, or you see them rip it up and come back, and you know. You, you can see a, a decent effort from a team, but you can kind of. You've been watching hockey a long time, Lesko. You can kind of see it when you're like, okay, the guys are moving their feet out there, but they're not super interested. Well, you can
1: tell if they have it or not. Yeah. And last night, you could tell they didn't have it. Just like in games. Uh, game six was a bit. I, I shouldn't put them in the same breath necessarily. Game six was a. They didn't show up at all. And that was very. It was very obvious they didn't have it in that game. That was. That sucked um, to watch. I thought last night they, you know, they had some jam and they had some momentum even i i would say but they lost it all it seemed given up those two goals especially that i felt the second one um really took the wind out of their sails um at the end of the first going into the second and then of course that third goal um the backbreaker that looks like you know perhaps it should be a routine sa- stop for frederick anderson but it was a nice shot i'll give credit where credit's due and i guess ultimately doesn't matter why i'm i'm not like super crushed i guess is cuz like you said it's not the same circumstances as we've seen before that were much more devastating to endure.
0: Yeah, but i heard this today and i thought it was a fantastic point. Should we not be more devastated because last year we were never really in that series. We were mm-hmm. kind of just hanging around and then we were basically just hoping for a good effort and, a, and and a good game in game 7. We nearly got it but we didn't. Now this year we led the series games one games three games five we took series leads in those games they
1: were competitive and that I that's an encouraging sign I guess like you know it's a step forward in, in a sense but they still didn't get it done when they they give themselves ample opportunity to get it done but there just wasn't that closing but it is a good point that they they competed in the series better than they did last year absolutely because they actually had a chance more so to close that series out, whereas they were playing catch-up from day one last year.
0: Well, I mean, if you if you were to just look at that as a pure stat line, bring someone, uh, bring someone here that doesn't know anything about the sport at all or the history or anything and just give them the stat line and show them first game victory, third game victory, fifth game victory, how'd this team lose? How'd they lose when you went 1, 3, and 5? How do you lose? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, those are, those are, that's a phenomenal start. And then right when you falter and lose game two, it doesn't matter. You jump right back on the horse and win the next one. Cause each, each two game set is a little game, isn't it? Okay, we won. Now you win. Okay, well, now we're going to win. Oh, you won. Okay, now we have to win. It's all about responding. And that's what, that's why you see sweeps. Game two, no response. Look out. Could be one coming here. Cause if game three doesn't go well, then what are you expecting for game four?
1: Yeah. There was a lot of uh, encouraging things that we saw as well. I mean, they they found a way to uh, manage the matchup against the Berger online fairly well. Um, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know they.
0: It was in comparison contained. to
1: games previous. Yeah, they they contained them relatively well. Um, you know, the emergence of that Zaitsev and Muzin pairing uh, was another encouraging. Uh, play by Babcock that paid off very well and, and freed up Riley for some lesser competition as well uh, so there were there were definitely good a few good takeaways I would say that came out of this series and we're we're not in a but we're in a position now where we're wanting more right because not getting out of the first round isn't going to cut it overall and That's one of the things that bothered me that Babcock said last night. It was like, well, building blocks and this and that. It's like, no, that's not good enough right now.
0: Fuck Mike Babcock. I would
1: like to hear it, like, you know, hear about taking steps and all this shit in year one and year two, but not this year, right? Like, that's not going to cut it. I know he's got to say something.
0: Bab's lost. Bab Bab's lost this series against the Bruins.
1: Well, he definitely got out coached, and especially in in the, those last two games, his reluctance to deviate from what he believes is the winning formula was exposed. Because oh. did you notice last night that Cassidy basically dangled him? He he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to th- keep throwing out my fourth and third line because Babcock's going to throw out his third and fourth line yes. instead of his big guns. Yes, And that is going to, in a sense, limit the ice time. For their stars. Because if you look at Bergeron's numbers last night, he played 17 minutes. I think Crouchy upwards of 20. So they didn't play a shit ton or anything. That, they rolled those third and fourth lines fully knowing that even if it was an offensive, defensive zone draw, that he was going to roll the GOAT and the Nylander line against those guys. It's almost- and he'll take those matchups, I think, all day. And it paid off those two the, uh Boston's... Uh, third and fourth line scored last night, which was very unexpected, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's almost like playing and playing someone who doesn't really know how to play Euchre and leading with an offsuit, and the other coach doesn't have it, but he doesn't trump it either. You just play something else, something else that's of equal or lesser value than what you just played,
1: Yeah, that, that even was, though I could beat you. I tried my best not to yell at the TV last night Because I I know during game six, I was really upset about, you know, it was Marlow upwards of 17 minutes a game. And like I said, he just – there was no adaptation to the situation like – okay, during the season, Matthews and uh, Taveras are playing 18 minutes, 17 minutes a game because you got Kadri. Of course. And we're not in desperate times here. But we're in game six and seven. It's like there's no tomorrow. Like in game six, there should have been a no tomorrow attitude as well. And we didn't see them ramp up the ice time. And it's like when Austin Matthews got five goals and, in the series and not many other guys are producing, why shouldn't he be on the ice every second shift? Like there's no, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, I know Ennis and Moore were playing really well last night, and I'll give them all the credit, but the GOAT's still the GOAT at the end of the day. He's got one goal in over 100 games, or six goals or whatever, in over 100 <laughs> games played. So, he's, you're not getting anything there. You're not. Yeah, I, I I, I guess what pisses me off, or what I have trouble wrapping my head around, is that these these options seem to be their best chance at winning, even if it's not the the way you want to do it or conducive to the system or whatever, but you have to adapt to the situation, right?
0: Well, that's, that's what I've been complaining about for a really long time, man. Like,
1: well, yeah, usage and, and, and player deployment. Deployment. We've talked about this repeatedly is a kind of a frustrating point from a fan's perspective. At least
0: I get so sick and tired of seeing weird numbers on the ice that aren't the numbers that I have on my fucking wall. I have numbers on my fucking wall that I paid money for because of their stature, because of their talent, because they bring me out of my seat. They're younger than I am, and I'm spending money on it. Like, And they're sitting on the bench. Connor Brown had more ice time in the third period than Austin Matthews in Game 7 of a series that you must win. How do we not win? It's fucking insane that we didn't win, and this is the first time I've even raised my voice about this situation. Yeah. I'm realizing that I am pissed off. I am pissed off, even though I knew it was going to happen. Oh great, fucking knew it was going to happen. I don't have to be upset. <laughs> you I been, am upset.
1: You've been penting this up since last night. Eh? I am
0: upset. We needed to win Game Six, and we didn't do it. There, there was a, there was not a great effort there. Yeah. That dismal. There's no adjustments. Was There's no terrible. adjustments, and that's the key word that you said that got me riled up right now. It's adjustments. There's no adjustments. I was complaining to it to, to the wife. I said, why don't they even just put Austin out there with Mitch and Johnny Toronto? Give them a shot why in the, the offensive not? zone for a couple shifts. What yeah. is the worst that could happen when, when you can come back with the second line and have a decent line no matter who they put out?
1: And you're down by two, right? So it's like, fucking give her, right? Marlo. Yeah. And... and... And that's funny, too, because I I remember there was a quote, and I wish I had it verbatim uh, in the season, but I know they were starting when some of the reporters started to question Marlowe's ice time and his minutes, and he replied with something to the tune of, oh, well, like, you know, he's going to get it together here. It's, you know, I'm expecting him to be big in the playoffs, something of that nature. Like, he was just going to flip a switch all of a sudden and, like, come up playoff clutch, like, even though there was zero indication that that was coming. And it didn't. And surprise, surprise, the guy had two assists and no goals.
0: There was no efficiency there. There was no energy there. And listen, I don't feel great at all hammering down on on Patrick Marleau. I am not blaming Patrick. I am not. I am not mad at Patrick Marleau. I am mad I'm, at Mike. Babcock. The
1: situation he's being put in it is unfair to the player, and it, it's unfair to the guys who who have to sit on the bench in his place,
0: which our which are our superstar fucking players.
1: And can I make, like I know he came out as the extra man a couple times. Can can I make a point about how how badly were both those goalie pulls like oh, executed? Oh my! How God. How badly were those exe- executed last night? Oh day? my! Last night, the one in Game Six in particular. <sighs> game Six no, was no the puck worst. possession, no puck control, nothing.
0: Andreas Johnson, one on three at neutral ice, yeah. was when he whistled. I played it back. Oh, we'd like to. Okay. Andreas Janssen was skating up the ice. He barely was about to breach the red line. And it was whatever it was, Freddie, gone to the bench. And I'm like, are we? No way. I was standing up. I was like, no, no. Because even the camera, dude, the camera, now mind you, it was like, of course, it was a little bit zoomed in. But it was camera one, the main camera. It wasn't it was it wasn't like ISO cam on Janssen. And it was one leaf and like four Bruins. And I was like, There's nothing good could come of this. No, And he wasn't in a position to, you know how they rip it around real hard. That would have changed the situation, Lesko. If Janssen was getting, gaining center ice and was about to take a big clapper that Rask couldn't stop, then I'm okay with the goalie pull because we've got guys coming off the bench to overload the side where the clapper's coming around. We're probably in business. This was not a good scenario. Janssen had no possession, if you remember it exactly. I think it was bouncing around on him, and it, it mainly it almost got stolen at center. And then he just managed to kind of chip it into the zone, and they had it. Yeah. Empty and, net. Thanks and, and for coming And going out.
1: into the poll, too, we had no – we didn't have anything cooking at all in the lead-up to that. It was weird, too, because I, I looked at the clock. I was like, holy shit, there's only three minutes left in this game because I was kind of tuning myself out early, like starting to accept what happened here. And yeah. Tr- trying to trying to move on and let myself down easy sort of thing. <laughs> and I was like, man, I've barely seen Matthews out here. And I realized he – he played 6 minutes in the first, 6 minutes in the second and fucking 6 minutes in the third. Like are There's we no serious? there's no excuse for that whatsoever. There's none. And you're fired. You know, I'm not I'm not and I I I don't think he's getting fired. I'll tell you that. Oh,
0: my God. If he doesn't get fired, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, I don't I don't think I it's happening. Pissed.
1: I don't think it's happening. I know. Like, I think you're right, too. My, I think my they give him at least another kick at the can. Yeah, my initial reaction, and we did talk about this going into the series, like about whether he's on the hot seat or whatever, <laughs> and the seat's getting warm. Absolutely. It was warm going in, and it's gotten warmer now.
0: Well, I remember I conceded to you, I believe, the podcast before the playoffs when we spoke about that. I believe if we play the tape back, that I conceded to you that if it was a close series that went seven and I even remember, I think I said that we could have won, (laughs) then I, then I would agree. It would be, I think we agreed at that point that it would be like, okay, another, another go, you know? But then I, again, I think we moved on one more time and said, but if he lost again, well, we said if they got smashed,
1: if they got like swept or something, we like, it would be a conversation for sure. I still think it's a conversation,
0: man. Like. There was more questionable decisions. Listen, I'm I'm done with I'm done with with Matthews, Jonson and Kapanen. It's not a thing.
1: No, it's not. It's Absolutely not a fucking not. thing, Mike. No, it's not. When he, he ah. mentioned that last night in the presser, where he said like, "Well, the cadre situation led to a, you know a place where we weren't able to shift Neilander around." Oh, really? I'm sure you could have found a way if you really wanted to, you know. And and in those desperate situations, again, third periods or whatever, when you're down. I don't know. There, there was, oh, there was definitely opportunities. Yeah, it's not ideal, and it's not the way you probably want to do it because you don't want to put someone else in center. Yeah, but don't play those guys then. Like,
0: I mean, like I just a don't, lot of
1: adjustments to make. So, I, I,
0: I don't understand. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go off too much on it because it's just a waste of time. I might as well just do my own fucking rant and and whatever. Just do it to <laughs> myself. But like, I, I don't understand why since Matthews' first two seasons in the league. I don't understand why we literally never see Matthews with Hyman. Never. Never. And the one time that we did in this series, Matthews scored an unbelievable goal.
1: Yeah, they had, I remember they and had. And now a really Hyman, good sorry, shift. Hyman almost yeah. made it come back. They had a really good, <laughs> uh, yeah, they had a really good shift there together. Um, Those two
0: players have been world yeah. beaters together from rookie season to sophomore season, and now they're not together. They
1: switched it up, yeah. And it's, it was it was interesting because Hyman unfortunately was definitely banged up. We don't we're assume we'll probably find out what the issue actually was um, because he was he went from being you know a, a big force I think in the early games of the series. And as the series wore on, you could tell he was laboring. I know he wasn't even practicing in the last few days in the lead up to. Yeah, I saw you tweeting, seven. That. Saw you
0: tweeting about that, right? So, and my other no, suspicion Marner, was that yeah, Marner sorry. may
1: have gotten hurt because Marner was dominant, dominant in those first few games. He was an aspect on all 200 feet of the ice and then was largely invisible in the last three games of the series. Uh, I believe going with no shots in the. I know in games was it five and six? Yeah. Not sure. He had a couple chances last night early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he's
0: obviously, he's, he's very skilled, right? And if he's able to play, he's going to get a, at least an opportunity. Yeah. He to...
1: looked slow. That's why I was thinking we're going to find out. He's got maybe an LBI or we may not find out at all. Cause yeah. they didn't announce anything today. Uh, but I was definitely concerned that he wasn't operating at, at max capacity. Cause especially the, uh, when you look at side by side what he was doing early in the series and what he was doing later, it's drastically different.
0: I wonder if he uh, might have to put a claim in through intact insurance for an injury. Jeez,
1: well, and, and <laughs> people were clipping that play where uh was it McAvoy or whatever slew uh, footed him or like kind of pushed him down from behind. He you look at his right leg in that in that clip and he got it pretty twisted and tangled up. It, it looked really awkward it, the did. Way it went down again
0: that was the one I was talking about actually sorry the tweet I, I saw you retweet that video and yeah it looks like he came away with something pretty poor there listen um, just quickly back to the my Hyman thing I was cleaning up because I'm moving here as you know um, well moving not moving here I'm in the process of moving. I came across these notes. Like, I guess I was taking notes on the games like early. So I have October six versus Ottawa. And then it's literally the only time I ever did this. You know, when you buy a diary not you, I'm just saying in general, you buy a diary and you're like day one, Dear diary, I can't wait (laughs) to start writing in you. Blah, blah, blah. And that's like six months later. See you tomorrow, and it's next page. Nothing on the next page. You didn't even give an effort. So I think it was like one game. So it was game six versus Ottawa, and I was doing like periods, and I got a bunch of notes here. And look at the note on the top of that page. Read it out loud.
1: Is Hyman the reason for 5v5 dominance?
0: October 6th, and Hyman had already obviously been moved to the Marner-Taveras line. And I mean, what is that? Is it, was that our first game? Is October sixth first game? Sounds Who, like it. Do we play Ottawa first well, game, Ottawa, right? Yeah. And we lost, or no, we won. I don't even remember. Who cares? <laughs> it Who <doesn't> cares about matter. <laughs> Who cares? The point is, is that was I was like one game into the season, and I was already formulating an opinion that Hyman may potentially be the reason why whatever line he's on that's out there is going to be plus twenty five or better at the end of the season. And they're not going to be a defensive liability. Now, I'm not saying that that is like – I guess I am kind of saying he's the reason. But I'm not – you know what I'm trying to get at, man? Like, yeah. It's just what he brings to the table. And he brought it to the table beside Matthews, scored – helped him score 40 goals. I mean I say helped him score it. I don't mean he assisted. He probably only assisted on like four of them over the course of the whole year. But the point is is that he was out there. And what does that mean? Do you think you can just fucking stand out there, let's go, and have your line mates score a beautiful goal? Like, no, you can't. You're out there. You're doing something. Someone's looking at you. Someone's paying attention to you. Whether you do something physically or not in a play doesn't mean you're not a, you're, you're a non-factor. And we see that from Hyman so many times, the way he separates guys from pucks, the way he hounds the puck down. And sometimes you have to beat him twice to get out on the same breakout. And it just allows the skilled players like Matthews to just kind of hover around the fucking weeds. And Matthews is so smart. He's so smart. He's always this play ahead. So he's a play ahead. He knows where Hyman's going to go for check. because Hyman is also smart on the forecheck. And then all of a sudden, it happens to bounce off a shin pad and Matthews is like, I knew it. And it comes right to him and he snipes 40 fucking goals.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. And Hyman's uh, puck receivable skills are a huge key to, you know, why the lines that he plays on are, you know, the talented guys are able to stay out of the corners a little bit set themselves up in uh in scoring positions right because you know his, his puck retrieval skills are just phenomenal and i mean we we've raved about him all year yeah it kind of hurts um, my
0: argument that he's playing with mitch and jt because those guys are obviously superstars so a guy like me that's been saying hyman is worth more than people are talking about in the first two seasons that we saw them together. Hyman's a bum. Hyman can't finish. Hyman couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I hate Hyman. Move fucking. Why is a fourth line idiot AHL player on the first line and I was always like, these are the reasons why. Blah, blah, and blah that we just do all the time. But like now he's he's really bringing it and unfortunately for him he's it's like uh, having a really good employee that has a better boss and an even better boss above him. The guy that's doing a real good job at the bottom of the ladder is still at the bottom of the ladder.
1: I think I think Hyman's underrated as well. I, I think I might have mentioned that recently and I guess speaking of Hyman too, uh, might want to delve into the atrocious penalty killing that we saw throughout this series. Oh, uh, once again, I killing? mean, last year it was it was abysmal as well, um, and in certain situations, and you could argue in certain games, and overall, it 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 was a factor in them losing this series. Um, the lack of adjustment. Uh, on that front as well was incredibly frustrating, and it w- it was interesting because I, I don't even think the media brought it up with Babcock until it was after Game 6 when they uh, scored those two power play goals that ultimately really sunk them in that game. Uh, did I not, and I don't want to go toot my own horn here, but did I or did I not talk about putting Tavares in the fucking center ice dot? Before, in our playoff pre- preview show, I can re- recall going over that with you and of course we were all clamoring for it throughout the series and it you know it didn't actually happen but how in the fuck are you supposed to be killing penalties off when you're losing 75 percent of the face-offs and the majority of which are your in your fucking end so they're getting set up like that in, in one, two seconds, man. You win that faceoff and rip it down the ice, that's 20 seconds gone off the clock right there.
0: But not only is it 20 seconds gone off the clock, it is a morale boost for the PK.
1: Yeah. You can't- and
0: it's a downer for the power play guys. Oh, darn, we lost. So their shoulders go down and our shoulders go up. That's what happens. Then they skate down the ice. They try and gain the zone. Maybe we shut it down. Now it's two minutes, okay? Two minutes is two minutes. You can score with one second left on the power play. And we have seen this. We've seen late goals from them on power plays that actually looked pretty good as far as the penalty kill was concerned. I remember I was up, I was clapping, I was saying, okay, hey, here we go, boys. Yes, down the ice. of girl. That's, that's the way to go. Way to go. You know, and then it comes back and it scores. Four seconds left in the power play. It's like, well, fuck, we were so close. You know, guys try to hack it out, they can't get it out. And. Speaking of hacking it out, what about that Marner penalty where he just fucking hacked it and it went over the glass? That was that was that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen from a guy that's one of the smartest smartest players probably in the league.
1: It's funny that's the situation in the playoffs where the whistles go away and you really see how ridiculous those penalties actually look because you see the shit people get away with throughout the game which it's like, do but don't that. you dare shoot that puck over the glass <laughs> get in a <the> fucking box <laughs> yeah, it's so
0: true eh? you can cross check them you can even punch them in the face we'll let you punch them in the face a few times hit them in the back of the legs actually hurt them physically but yeah if you shoot that puck over and you hit the guy in the 17th row there you're sitting for two <laughs>
1: So a couple burning questions, I guess we'll th- we'll throw out there. We already took care of the one in, in terms of Babcock. Now an extension of that question, um, I believe I heard, and I fucking can't remember where exactly I heard it. But the assistant coach in charge of the penalty kill, one uh, DJ Smith. Okay, Apparently yeah. his contract will be up at the end of this season. Bye bye now. Bye bye. So. Is he gone? Yeah. How do you so, How do you bring him back? Question two, extension of that question. Do they offer Sheldon an assistant position with the team next year?
0: Uh, I've never even considered it. Uh, it's a good question. I don't really know what kind of dynamic that would bring, and I don't think that that. I mean, what the fuck do I know? But I don't believe that that is going to be the case. And the reason why, if I'm going to continue my hypothetical of here's why I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's the plan. I, again, I think there's a plan here and I vividly recall joking about it, but kind of thinking, you know, sometimes you joke about something, but in the back of your mind, you're, you're like, <laughs> you know, it's not the worst thing. And it's not the worst idea I've ever thought of. But like, if the Leafs lost, even Dubis would be like, eh, now I can bring my guy. Now I can legitimately go. To Brendan, Shanahan, of course, and be like, "Hey, it's time. I want my guy." You told me, you know, you may not have came out and told me another game seven loss against the Bruins, but like, that this was a failure, Lesko. This season was a failure.
1: Oh, absolutely, and there's no denying that. There's no denying it. So that brings me to my next question: What is your positive takeaway from what occurred this season?
0: That we might have Sheldon Keith coaching the team. <laughs> I'm serious, but like, yeah. But talk- we have
1: already said that he's not getting fired. So if your theory about him being head coach or nothing, we're not going to see that next year or anytime yeah, but, soon.
0: But why were they extending him? Why were they working? Because they want
1: to keep him, in because the, in, they can pay him to coach the be head of coach of the Marlies as much as fucking teams might be offering him to coach. Entry level in the NHL.
0: But, man, like him and Dubas are boys. He ain't going anywhere. And if he's going somewhere, it's not going to be until he's already made hay in the NHL and maybe won a couple of fucking rings. Who knows? You know, because he, it's his boy, man. Like he found him. I don't know if he found him or whatever. I know Sheldon earned his earned his due, and I'm not giving, you know, Kyle Dubas all the credit for... Sheldon's no, but he took to, a
1: chance on him, man. It was a big reputational thing, right? I mean,
0: Pembroke dominating who cares? Junior A, but still, he won the national championship. Oh, yeah. wow! Now but we're at starting the, at to ra- the time, now man. Now we're raising eyebrows.
1: People wouldn't touch Keith with the 10 foot stick at that time. Yeah, true. So, Good point. Yeah. It, it was he took a big risk on him anyway. My positive takeaway from this season is fucking additions, okay? We were a better team this year. It showed, it showed in the playoff series against Boston. The additions of Tavares the addition of Jake Muzzin, and uh, you could even throw Ennis. in the addition of uh, Andreas Johnson as a full-time player. Yeah, And um, Ennis, man. Yeah, Ennis, Ennis. Ennis had a strong year. But obviously the top two big factors, and one of the reasons why we – we were able to match up better against Boston this year was Tavares and Muzzin. I mean, they both had fairly strong series. A little light on the goal side from Tavares considering his output during the season, but the guy still had, I think it was five points. He ended up with two, right. two and three. So,
0: But let me tell you why your positive is also a negative. Because we didn't make it out of the fucking first round. And what are we going to do for Cap? We're fucked. AJ, uh, Cap, <laughs> funny. Kapanen, AJ, Kapanen, Gardner, those guys could be all gone. Mitch? Gardner's definitely gone. What What are you giving Mitch?
1: Those other two guys, uh, Janssen and Kapanen, there's a, a strong chance that they find a way to, to sign those guys, but it's not going to be any kind of term. It's going to be like. I don't think three it's going to be anything. Max we're already, they sign those we're guys already a cap
0: team, though. We don't have time for term. Or money up. Well,
1: I guess now the the speculation surrounds what uh, what are they going to do about, say, Zaitsev's contract? Which I I, I'm inclined to believe that if the right offers out there, they'll certainly trade him in order to get the cap space. And there's
0: no deal coming for Zaitsev. Well,
1: the thing is, after this, he. His value has been pumped up a little because of his pl- recent playoff performance. Yeah, that's right. True. It, was, he it was pretty he, good. He was pretty strong, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think it's realistic for them to trade him because he's their only right-handed defenseman right now. Yeah, <laughs> good point. He's still good point. You know, he's still a bit of a project. Okay, given so, the so, requirement for cap space. So
0: answer the question then, with cap space being brought our, up. Uh, but what do you give him Mitch? you
1: uh, cap space is less of an issue. I'm talking about in terms of our cap space is being utilized well. With the exception of say Zeitzeb Marlowe, maybe Connor Brown, you yeah, say. but
0: I could argue that fact with you. It's not being used well because we're gonna lose a bunch of. But we very don't have a bunch players. of
1: bad contracts, though. I'm saying from that. Well, standpoint, we have two bad contracts.
0: We have Zaitsev we have two, and Marlowe, but not
1: a bunch and not crippling because the the Marlowe one's out in a year.
0: Yeah, but that we need that year. It is crippling because, man, I keep, answer the question: What are you giving Mitch? Mitch what are is going to ask. Like, I have no idea. I know we don't like to do this very often, but it's becoming a, an important topic here. Yeah, we're going to
1: bitch about it all summer.
0: Mitch is going to make fucking money, man.
1: Now like, I heard speculation the other day that the contract's done and then it's just going to be oh, announced sometime soon. Oh, come on. We
0: fucking went through that with Neeland. Well, no, nobody and, ever said that. Nobody ever said
1: that, but the speculation was that that the deal could be already be done.
0: Speculation from where? What's your source? tsn oh it's you with the tsn
1: <laughs> oh yeah speaking uh, of broadcast too um i just can't recall who actually said it um sports are they just straight fucking trolling leaf fans now yeah because like, the producer like like a big asshole or is a bruins fan because okay two examples here two of them got me riled up and like you got to think of like the the mentality of a, of a diehard fan going into a game So, Game 3 is about to start. They just announced, but what, 15 minutes before the game, Cattery's suspended? All right, now we're going to go down to ice level with Kyle Bukaki here, and he's going to (laughs) interview fucking uh, Jake DeBrusque. Thanks, Sportsnet. Really wanted to hear from Jake DeBrusque right now. Totally the guy I wanted to hear from, you know? So, flashback to last night. And I I don't tune into the pregame bullshit and stuff and... And I I don't know why I did. Like, why did I sub- subject myself to this shit? Right. So I turn on the shit last night when it's like ten minutes too. What do we got? We got a whole fucking five minute special montage, and interview, and mic'd up session with Jake fucking Debrus. <laughs> is this is Sportsnet or NBC. There's this Nessin. Yeah. Holy shit, man! Was I angry? Dude,
0: Sportsnet's the worst.
1: What are you doing to us?
0: Like, I I, I hate sitting on the on the other side of my uh, salt stained bar here with like little boxes and full of nothing and say that Sportsnet's terrible because who am I? But Sportsnet sucks, man.
1: I mean, we already get chirped them for their broadcasts and the, some of the, the panels, personalities, whatever they have, whatever. But from a production standpoint, in the Zero. playoffs, wh- why are you doing this?
0: Like even so before when CBC used to have the rights and they were, I mean, they were all, they were always publicly funded. Am I right there? Correct. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know if former governments allocated more funds, uh, to the broadcasting corporation or whatever. We saved that for another talk, but basically what I'm getting at is they were awesome. The production value of those games was always awesome. Like I used to always make sure that I had it on at exactly seven. Like when we were growing up, like through the ages of maybe like 15 to 20, when the leader what would it be? Like twelve to sixteen when the leafs were pretty good and we were beating Ottawa and shit like that. Like um the productions were so good. Like the songs mixed with the highlights and stuff and it, it would always get me really jacked up. And then when they would remember they would flow right into the Hockey Night in Canada yeah. theme song.
1: It's weird because it's under the Hockey Night in Canada banner, right? Um Well that was a playoffs, charity. That was a whereas charity like, part. Like a a regular Leafs game during the week is like most Leafs hockey, you know what I mean? It's like Leafs, Leafs, Leafs broadcast, right? But because this is Hockey Night in Canada, it's got to be super in the middle, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, fuck but, that. But that's
0: what it was, dude. Like, the the CBC was not an actual part of the $5.2 billion deal. Right. And I remember reading deeply into this, because this, I think I've told you this before, I might have even said it on the broadcast, this this really interested me, that that moment in time when they, when they sold the league and shit, like, that really interested me. And, the CBC was not a part of the deal, but Rogers basically just granted the CBC the ability to continue running the Hockey Night in Canada production, but they took the funds away. But they allocated them to themselves. Yeah, there's no, shor- them- you there's see no shortage I'm- of money being yeah, involved. in Yeah, you see what I'm getting at? Though, right? It definitely
1: right? can't like- be a, uh, a financial issue because it's not like Rogers is shy on any. No, but right? what would have
0: happened? I'm assuming is the people at that level of productions that were doing the Hockey Night in Canada games, mm-hmm. they were probably, I don't know if they would have been laid off. Or it depends they would have how many people they carried moved. over, I guess, yeah, over to or, they, net, or they right? would have been moved over to different areas. And as a result of that, the guy that did the highlight packs, the people that did the music, the people that chose what bits to run and what times to run them and what cameras to use, camera two, camera three, let's try another camera angle for once in our lives. No, nothing. You know that maybe those people were shipped off to other places because we don't have the great, production levels anymore and like i watch games during the regular season in like fucking dallas and st louis and everywhere else chicago like they all have their uh like msg in the new york tri-state area right they have like msg there then they'll have like fox sports dallas or whatever all and then of course Nesson in the boston area like i like that i like being able to take in the game from other aspects because am i ever just fucking done Uh, it's so old it's just so old it's so repetitive the people on the panel we already talked about them they're just They don't do anything for me. You know, there's just nothing great there.
1: And during the broadcast, too, man, can they stroke off David Pasternak anymore, (laughs) man? Oh, my God. They just, just loving that guy. Just melting holes in the ice with their fucking knees out there, man. It's unreal. (laughs) Like, just rubbing it into your fucking wounds. Like, here you go, guys. Like, look at Pasternak out there. Look at him go. Oh, my God. Jake DeBrusque. Oh, my God. Like, holy fuck, can it? I, it's just – especially because I'm on a heightened level of emotion in the playoffs, so my tolerance for this shit is fucking 0%. Dude.
0: So what's your situation for, like, tuning into the games? Are you uh, satellite dish so you're either, like, CBC stations or – like, do you have abilities to, well, like, I'm watching, switch feeds and I'm stuff? I'm watching
1: it usually uh, through Sportsnet's app or TSN's app or okay. whatever, like, streaming So, yeah, you're on, that. you're on that – so you're on um, Sportsnet. Channel. Or I'll, I'll toss on, like, an illegal stream and fucking – you know, watch, y'all usually watch the home broadcast because, like I said, traditionally it's Leaf centric, yes. except when it's Hockey Night in Canada and we got to be wishy washy in the middle, make make people not think we're all about the Leafs. So we got to go stroke off the other teams.
0: Just make it about the Leafs.
1: <laughs> Grant me this one thing.
0: Yeah, but it just needs to be that way because. Well, think
1: about the broadcast last night. Let's they, they say there you know, 80%, 90% of the viewers there are fucking Leaf fans or they're supporting the team. Is that safe to say?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but here's the thing, Lesko. Even the people that are tuning in because they fucking hate the Leafs, they're still tuning in. So why are we not giving them a better better production? Why are we not giving them a better production? They're tuning in because they fucking hate Toronto. I hate the Leafs. I hate the Leafs more than I love my own team. So I'm going to tune into the game and cheer so hard for the other team. I might even go buy another fucking jersey and change my profile picture on fucking Facebook. To a new image of something against the Leafs because I hate them that much.
1: Yeah, that's no way to live.
0: Yeah, but it's fine. That's what <laughs> sports is all about. I and guess. <laughs> you know what? If you look up the definition of fan in the dictionary, it's obviously from the word fanatic, which I believe is Latin for something, but the, <laughs> it is. But the point of the definition is that to have a keen interest in a team object or whatever. Well, is, is pure hatred that means you go home and turn the game on every time they play to watch them lose? Is that not a keen interest? Yes, it is. So you are a goddamn fan. Everybody's a fan of the Leafs. Some of <laughs> us love the Leafs. Some of us hate the Leafs, but we're all fans because everyone is on edge waiting to see what they do next.
1: I actually had a, a buddy. who was up visiting my cousin, North Bay, and we watched, dodged the game together, got together with a buddy of mine. He's like a big time Sens fan there. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to come over and watch the game. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're hopping on the bandwagon. He's he's right onto the bandwagon.
0: What for the Leafs? Oh yeah, okay. Well, see. and we
1: sallied fucking hard. That was Friday night uh, game five, huge W, explosive third period. Holy crap! Oh, yeah. We went off the rails. That there. was fun. That was fun. Oh. I had to
0: watch that in the confines of my uh, room at the resort. I say like Mexico. three
1: of the to- th- Was it three of the games they won? Like, well, fuck! I celebrated pretty hard. <laughs> I said to my buddy the Sens, and I was like, this. Imagine what it's like if they actually won the cup. <laughs> it's a-
0: well, like I've said that to some of my Sens fr- uh, friends as well and saying, you know what, when it happens and, you know, so let's just use Ottawa as a good example because right up the road and we have a lot of Ottawa fans. We do a lot of talking about them because they're, they're local here, right? Um, if the least won the cup, if and when, whatever – you know that there'd be some shit going down in like the city of Ottawa. You know, the market, Elgin Street, like there'd be leaf ends all over the place.
1: Oh, but doing takeovers. It'd left be, and right. yeah,
0: it'd be all over the place. It would be, it would almost be like when fucking Canada won the goddamn thing, except there <laughs> wouldn't be that many. There'd be a lot, but there wouldn't yeah. be that many. But we'd be pouring out into the streets, going to the bars, celebrating for probably days on end. And I said to my buddy, I was like, you will go out and experience it. You're not going <laughs> to sit at home and be like, this is terrible. You'll go out. You might even wear a goddamn sense jersey because you know what? We, we just won. No one's going to be angry with you." It'll be fun. Everyone like everyone's just gonna be the greatest thing in the world. It'll be a goddamn party across the USA. Miley Cyrus.
1: Okay, another question. Can the Leafs, and I guess will them will they trust Nazem Kadri moving forward?
0: Whoo, you know I heard a lot he's of he's
1: hot- fucking burnt us twice, really bad, and I hammered him last pod about that being the dumbest thing I've did, ever seen. I did listen. Yeah. I was Cause listening. like, how do you learn? How's this guy? The guy doesn't fucking learn. He doesn't learn. But because of how valuable of an asset he is, is he worth
0: the risk? Here's, here's what I have to say about it. Um, <laughs> I've heard some hot takes. People want him trade. There's a lot of people saying They'll like, he's gone, immediately, thing, which yeah. is,
1: uh, it's like pump the brakes there. I don't think that's happening.
0: I don't know what it is but i like naz and i don't know what it is and i was mad at him and i still am and all this other stuff
1: oh he's fucked up big time there's no there's no jump dancing around that but i
0: feel like i will still take him back i'm just that i'm just that idiot friend <laughs> that just keeps getting burned by their boyfriend or girlfriend and you're the friend that's going dude or Whatever, man. You gotta let it go. Fool y'all. me and once, just letting it come back, you know? <laughs> because it's just you I, can't get fooled again.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that George the Will Bush? Ferrell? No, George Bush just fucking butchers that quote when he's like giving a speech. Oh, sometime. yeah, he's like, "Fool me once, shame on, shame on you." You can't get fooled again. Yeah, like, he just uh, yeah he just can't can't gives again. up on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do remember that. Last like time. actually, it, it confuses me as to what the actual saying is because all I can ever picture and hear is Bush fucking <laughs> <laughs> trying that and just completely <laughs> fucking it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, what were we even talking about? I don't there, know. we got off I, the rails. I, Listen, I actually, oh, I, Cadre, we're talking. Oh, oh cadre. yeah, okay, Cadre. So yeah, I I uh, I I feel like I'll just take him back because. Um, the risk of of him doing like the risk of him doing that. It, uh, do you think it's a hundred percent? It's so detrimental, you know. But what like, I mean?
1: do you think? Do you think but he, it's you can't? It's not something you can predict. Like that's nobody what I'm would have predicted, even though he did it last year. No one would have predicted that he was going to do basically the same thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is true, like literally the same thing in the same area of the fucking oh ice. Oh my god! Right? In the same quarter. Like of the I ice.
1: have a hard time wrapping my head around. It. And trust me, like we've talked about this before. I've done. Horrible things on she- sheets of ice. I've seen them when playing hockey. Like, and I've been in those situations where it's like, I don't care if it's all numbers. I'm fucking smashing this guy right now. I've done it. Okay. But like, man, like, holy shit.
0: It's, it's too important. Yeah.
1: And, and I well, was the choice of infraction too. the cross checking the heads really over the top.
0: Yeah, we can not even
1: do something you could remotely get away with.
0: Yeah, well, we talked about this when I was down in Mexico, and I called in. I, yeah. was, I was saying, do you know how many things get like you get away with?
1: Would you trade Nazem Kadri for Tyler Bozak tomorrow? No, no,
0: no. Why? Because Bozak plays on St. Louis, and they went on to the second round. Am I going to trade him for Matt Martin? No, actually, I, I, I might trade him for Matt it's Martin. It's not. <laughs> it's not to do with where Bozak
1: <laughs> is in the playoffs. I'm just curious. <laughs> I just, uh, I just thought it was an interesting question.
0: Yeah, no, we don't need Bozak. We have a bunch of Bozaks <laughs> coming in, you know, yeah. I feel. I like Tyler Bozak. Uh, I had a Bozak. I still have a Bozak. Scored a big somewhere. goal the other day. Yeah, I, got, I got nothing against him. He's a good defenseman, uh, defensive centerman. He's He was good on the PK. He was good on face-offs too. Oh, yeah. You know, so there's lots of upside. It's not like you threw a terrible question to me, a terrible hypothetical, and I shot you down.
1: So if you're the organization like – do you try and find a way to punish nas well that's that, like, what that's, can you do to him can you dock uh, his pay like I, I don't know what you can what you can actually do to this yeah guy. like
0: what's within the cba
1: i, I like because we're obviously well beyond like all right now sit down we got to give you a stern talking to and oh i know you know what i mean i, I, think, I think we're past that that's right
0: so <laughs> oh i know oh, i'm sorry coach <laughs> Him okay. The him in the okay. Uh, okay. So listen, the thing is, is yeah, that's a good question because you can't just like go and suspend the guy. Oh yeah, you're fucking suspended. Sit down for a couple of games because then that, that that doesn't help the player, and you need the player to help you win games. But you want to dock him financially, and if you you can't tell him we're not paying you, because then he ain't gonna play.
1: I guess you would have to like team suspend him, is what you'd have to do. Like,
0: oh my god, like they did no those, dinners, they- no arcades, no whatever you guys do. Right to the room. If, if the whole team wants to go hang out in your room, Kadri, power to them.
1: Yeah. I, you know what I thought was interesting? Um, he continued to participate in the team's practices. He was still doing his job, leading the stretches. Like I like how they kept him in there, but I, I, I thought that was – I wasn't sure if that was like a, hey, man, we don't all fucking hate you, and I know he's very well liked in the room and obviously by the organization. That goes without saying. But I wasn't. I was wondering if that's more of a, hey, we're – we're still in the playoffs, could very well be in the next round, need to make sure you're in the loop, you're you're with the team, you're doing proggies, and then we're bag skating them with the scratches.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's got to be – what you what you finished up with you have to you have to maintain in game yeah
1: yeah like keep keep the regular order of things and that's kind of
0: what what i was talking about when i said next season you suspend them for five four or five games three games two games well what are you doing you're just delaying the guy like you need those points on the board
1: i guess so i and that's why i was wondering i was like what kind of recourse does the team have like it'd be really interesting to know what what is going to go on in that exit meeting or whatever like that's well, the shit we'll never know, right? But I'd love to hear what kind of fucking tune-up they got for him.
0: Do you buy into the? I meant to hit him in the shoulder.
1: Uh eh, eh, I don't know. I not really. No, no. I, I, I think that may have been the intention, but
0: it's still going upwards exactly what you doing? like there wasn't like go down hit him down yeah right? like in the there elbow. was
1: there was a more like i'm gonna go cross check this guy and i don't really care where it lands yeah and then you're thinking like oh well, i fucking didn't mean to hit him in the head but i did and you know what i mean like it's
0: really hard oh. to talk your
1: way out of that
0: all right listen i'm not playing us off we're not gonna take a break i'm just fucking do we have anything else on the leafs
1: i think I think we've really got out of our systems. That's what that? I was
0: kind of saying before the pod. I said, let's just talk about the fucking Leafs until we're sick of it. Because I'm
1: pretty sure we covered, like, all the main issues that we encountered. And, you know, we did spend some time on some positives, which was good. And Did I? Yeah, yeah I got you going on some positives earlier. Like, <laughs> right at the beginning, I was like, let's start off a little bit <laughs> so it's not a complete debacle. And then I waited a little while. Then I put a quarter in you and watched you fucking fly.
0: Yeah, I did kind of fly. Listen, uh, before we move on, uh, I did end up Googling the word fanatic, so uh, it doesn't tell me what what it's from, but it says uh, a person filled with excessive single-minded zeal, I'll get to that in a second, especially for an extreme religious or political cause, so you could throw sports into that, because people call sports like a religion sometimes, right? I'm not saying it's the same, but, so zeal, I had to look that up, zeal, and this was amazing, great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective, which literally means I, I hope they lose. I can't wait to watch them lose. It's the same thing as hoping that they win, which is an objective, a great energy for a cause or an objective, and you're a goddamn fan. Everybody is a fan. Go you Leafs just go. totally
1: mind-fucked a bunch of people. Go Leafs go, baby. <laughs> Trekking people in the thick they're Leaf fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: going to be a long off season.
1: Where do you want to go from here then?
0: Well, where are you at? Let you want to talk about that fucking Vegas scenario? We got to talk about that Vegas. Yeah, scenario. absolutely. It has to absolutely. Okay, so what are you saying? Zero minutes, two minutes, five minutes? Where are you at? For like in terms matter? of that penalty? Yeah, what's up? What? Where are you at immediately?
1: So I, I'm trying, and my understanding of the rules might not be clear, but it's a two minute penalty, okay, for cross checking. Fair, right?
0: Yeah. I'm fine with that, but doesn't doesn't it but have it's to stasne?
1: Does't it have to become five minute major because of the injury situation?
0: No, that's at the discretion of the referee, right. so now we're saying the referee decided that it was so egregious that we're going to give him the gate, right which is the which is the the fact that the call is horrendous right. That's why the call is horrendous because I see where you're going from. That may be like a that might be a, at a minor hockey level. Like if someone gets in, if yeah, someone gets like, really into, that might on be play, where I'm coming
1: from. That yeah. from that scenario, where it's like that you your two minutes is an automatic five because right. you crippled somebody in the in the play.
0: <laughs> but, um, I mean, the call was horrendous. It,
1: it's it's because it's a freak accident what happened there because he cross-checked him and you can see Pavelski like. He won't. He wasn't even falling from the cross check necessarily. Like it definitely helped him along, but he, you can tell he went right off balance on like the back his like back heel of his skate. Smoked his, his head on the leg went up, yeah. and then uh, who I can't remember who he ran into Eakin. right after that. Um Eakin. No, not the guy. Eakin was the guy cross checked him, but the, yeah, the winger well, there.
0: The, no, it was Stastny.
1: Yeah, so Stastny. Yeah, so Stastny runs into him right, and then that's what really sent him down to the ice. With no, pullers. you have it. You
0: have it backwards. Stastny ran into him first. And that's where the potential penalty may or may not be called. The contact with Ekin is one thousand percent incidental, because he's already falling from the contact from Stasny. That's what it was. Stasny and Pavelski run into each other. Maybe there's a call if you want to make one there, but then Pavelski just falls awkwardly yeah. right into Ekin. And almost in like a wrestling move or something, it was like a one-two punch where Ekin ended up putting him down. I think he got
1: got the guys mixed up though. Oh, do I have them yeah, mixed up? I think you have the guys mixed up. Oh, uh, yeah. But, anyway, but Ekin, but
0: Ekin, ended up giving uh, Ekin ended up getting the five. He got right. the five.
1: Right, because he's the he's the one who gave him the oh, the so because okay, okay, it was so. the cross check and Stastny, and then when he hit to Stastny, he went down like hard. Right. right okay, but okay. Yeah, really scary moment for Pavelski there, and it was really cool. Um, I read about kind of what what uh Thornton said to the boys. I guess he got the boys right fired up after they helped him off the ice. Well
0: that's a huge moment.
1: And wow, man, like it's one thing to make that comeback and I know Vegas wants to point to the penalty call screwing them over, which in a sense you could argue it definitely did, but you also didn't have to give up five goals in five minutes or four yeah. goals in five minutes on the on the penalty kill, yeah, exactly. So, I mean,
0: we've seen five minute majors go without a goal. I think yeah. we can probably look up in history and find some five minute majors that ended up in in a goal against shorthanded.
1: I mean, the Sharks just absolutely turned it on, and and I don't know if you noticed as well, but Eric Carlson played a, a quite the role in that, as well as that you know nice little assist he had on the OT eventual OT winner. Uh, you got to think the sharks coming out of that series are looking like a cop favorite. Even either one of those teams. And actually they got largely outplayed by Vegas. I thought in the, the majority of the series.
0: Yeah. I mean, man, I mean, it's the, it's really, it's anybody's game at this point. Right. I mean, like, are you really that confident though, dude, picking San Jose over Colorado? Yeah. Given what we saw yeah. Colorado do to Calgary.
1: Yeah. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about that series as well. I know I, right now I'm looking at San Jose and Boston as being the, the front runners. Okay. In this situation. Fair. Um, but yeah, so in that Calgary series, I watched – I didn't watch a ton of it, but the one one of the games I tuned in for was Kale McCarr's first game, okay? And within the first 10 minutes of the hockey game, McKinnon's got two snipes and then sets up McCarr for his first ever NHL goal. Yeah. So McKinnon's got three points in maybe 12 minutes, I think. And what I realized is – and we, we talked about it in the pre- previous show, interesting – Collision here because there's two one-line teams, basically. You got the Gaudreau line against the McKinnon line.
0: Yeah.
1: The Flames had no answer for Nathan McKinnon and his line. No answer. They couldn't defend them worth shit. That Gaudreau line got eaten alive by those guys. Oh, it was
0: like you could see the buzz. It was always a buzz of the Colorado Avalanche, that top line buzzing around and controlling the play and controlling the speed. And then, okay, Calgary might get it, and you know you could see the camera; it would turn and go back the other way. But then all of a sudden, all these white sweaters or whatever color they were wearing that night for Colorado, they'd swarm, and they're so fast out there; it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was it was really impressive to see. And here's a situation where, we're like, well, oh, I don't know about teams that aren't deep enough. Uh, one line teams got to make it uh, have a hard time in the playoffs. Well, not if that one line can't be matched, because Calgary's D is too slow to keep up with them. And none of whose whose line's going to match up with them if it's not the Goudreau line, so the Goudreau line got eaten alive, and that was that.
0: And then I guess we had Monahan playing injured that came out as well. I don't know if you read that. I was reading that I think earlier today. Yeah, uh, I, Monahan playing injured. Yeah,
1: which is unfortunate. But yeah. I, but again, like there was, I mean, nobody looked like they were stop stopping McKinnon. Well, what so about- now do we have Abs and Sharks then? Yeah, uh, yeah, abs and sharks. Hell of a series. Yeah, but then
0: what about Dallas, right? We're talking about one line teams making it through. There's another one. But here's the thing, though. But the reason why it's cool because the reason why Dallas made it through is the opposite of Colorado. Colorado made it through basically on the strength of their goaltender and that first line just really dominating. Now, Dallas makes it through because a bunch of guys are getting goals down there. You got Rupe Hint scoring a a couple of goals down there. Like they're getting contributions from other. Guys that aren't the top line players, however the top line par- players are able to chip in as well when they're needed to be, and we had well we had a couple of low scoring games in that series I think if I'm not mistaken right, uh, well at least for Dallas I guess I should say like they had good goaltending as well. Uh, yeah,
1: Ben Bishop's been absolutely phenomenal, yeah. and they've they've really changed the narrative around that team. They've gone from being a porous team to having a very stellar defense, um, and it's it's a five man defensive thing it's not just about the personnel on the back end it's team good team defense uh, that they've bought into and one of the main reasons why they've been successful especially against a team like Nashville that obviously seem to continue to struggle with offense and generating offense Um, a lot of it coming from the points right
0: well that's their mo and they have such strong points and there's nothing wrong with that but it's a difficult time when Arvidsson who's Basically, when he's not injured, he's scoring every single night or every other night. If he hadn't scored the night before, uh, if a guy like that goes cold, and in the playoffs, let's go, you know it's difficult to get pucks through. Man, like players are blocking shots with a lot more tenacity and passion, and no regard for their own safety in the playoffs. It's hard to get shots through. So if your stars don't show up, and your 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 money maker, which I guess in this case would be their point uh if it's not co- contributing either you're obviously going to be in tough and that's exactly uh, how the Dallas Stars were able to take advantage and move on so Dallas and St. Louis uh in round 2 yeah i'm looking forward to that in terms of uh the crowds together i, I there's something about the Dallas crowd that i really enjoy they they're, they're
1: buck wild they oh, they love
0: they love it down oh there. my god yeah. they just don't they don't shut up and they yeah. don't sit down yeah and they're wild. it's just epic it's epic down there. And then, of course, St. Louis, you know I love St. Louis. They do that bell yeah. thing when they and start. Yeah, and I'm still, I'm I still high it.
1: on St. Louis. Like It was in technically an upset against Winnipeg, but I'm not surprised in the yeah. least. I mean, they're just continuing the role. talking about clicking at the right time. Well, I mean, they've been hard at it for four months now, which was funny to get back into the lease for just a quick moment, was that something I forgot to mention was – how we talk about, oh, there's no way the Leafster's going to flip the switch and play good defense. Holy fuck, they actually played fucking pretty good defense throughout that series. Yeah, so that's I wanted true. to give that credit where that credit was due. Well, at least on the road. Yeah, there's some a positive, again, we can co- uh, credit the coaching staff with is that somehow they finally figured it out. Yeah, but can
0: we? It was on the road. <laughs> so it was Cassidy putting the wrong line out <laughs> and us being having to answer get, second and, and Mike being like, oh, I don't know what to do. Well, I'll just throw you, you, you guys go over. And then all of a sudden something great happens. And Mike's like, that shouldn't have happened. I would get back over here. We shouldn't be up one. That that wasn't the way it should have been.
1: Yeah. We, <laughs> go back we, with the they other They got line. caught. Um, <laughs> so I guess speaking of crowds as well, um, how about that crowd in Columbus uh, during the sweep night?
0: Oh, I didn't really Did get a chance you, to see it. Oh my it. god, man! I tuned in yeah. for the last
1: ten minutes, or I think it was the th- most of the third period. Actually, I caught, and it, they were standing the entire time, and they were going, "Sweep them, sweep them!" Oh, <laughs> oh my, god. my god, Tampa looks so flustered out there, and just and and talk about a situation where your best players not being your best players, caught um, will cause you to lose. Like you, you're not going to win a playoff series if that's not happening. Stamkos, I think, scored his first goal in the series in that game. Um, Kutrov got suspended. Braden Point dropped the mitts. Victor Hedman was a shell of himself out there. Yeah. He was getting beat left and right. He and had a Vas- terrible series. And Vasilevsky was getting lit up, on, particularly on his blocker side. They, somebody pointed that out to me that I think it was at one point they said like 12 of their. 14 goals have come blocker side.
0: Yeah, He was just getting beat at times. I mean, obviously you're going to have some weird ones go out in the playoffs, but generally speaking, dude, uh, you can talk to any fan out there. If they see their goaltender just get beat by a shot, even if it was a nice shot and you're like, Oh, that was a pretty nice shot. You're still kind of like, he could have had it though. Right? Like he could have had it. It's the ones where it gets deflected off of something, or it just so happened that it was tipped or a rebound goal. You're like, that was kind of tough. I can't really say much about that. But then when he just kind of walks in top of the circle, looks up, leg kick, and beats you, like nice shot or not, you're a goaltender and you have angles. And we see that save every other night. So we didn't really get it from Vasilevsky, did we, very much in the first uh, round as we did in the regular season.
1: Yeah, the. Uh, that, I mean, that's got to be one of the biggest upsets I've ever seen anyway, just from a um... – uh, a regular season standings um, perspective, I guess, given the gap and the fact that what Tampa clinched in February and yeah. Columbus clinched on the last day of the season, a but, historical man, season. Man, uh, is, so is so is so we. I think we talked about this right after the trade deadline, but is so is Yarmo is Yarmo good?
0: Well, yeah, that's a. Is good— Is it
1: worth it? This is their first win in fucking franchise history as a series, and and a and a phenomenal one and a shocking one at that.
0: You know what's funny? We talked about this on the pod, obviously we're talking about it now, but remember how I said that I there was a part of me for some reason that wanted Columbus to miss like an asshole. I just said I don't know why, but I kind of want them to miss because of how big a story it would be. Right. Versus they get all these guys barely squeak in and lose in the first round. That's right. not a story. Yeah. To get all these guys and not even make it would be a huge story, but now we got a huge but story. But now we right? do. You're right. We so, got an even bigger so story. No, but here's arguably. here's my point why I brought that up. So I went I went from cheering against Columbus to make it for a story to cheering for them so hard to beat the Bruins in the next round. Because oh yeah, because be, fuck the Bruins.
1: I'll be all about Columbus <laughs> next round. Absolutely. <laughs> um, how about I? Do, do we want to talk about the Islanders? Or are we a little salty about that?
0: I don't. I don't know what to expect. The problem there is that...
1: I didn't know what to expect from them in the first round. Yeah, But I think that goes back to the situation we talked about earlier about your best players not being your best players. Crosby didn't do jack shit in that series.
0: Yeah, 100%. Their defense
1: was terrible in that series. Why does that happen?
0: Why do you think that happens?
1: Man, I, I you got to think that that some teams in, in some situations figure you out. Like, I've got to give uh, yeah. credit... Again, and I hate to take away from the players because guys like Leonard, Eberle, um, Barzell really stepped up in that series. But Barry Trotz has been studying those Pittsburgh Penguins for years, man. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, we talked about that in my last he's recording here. He's got the book on them. Man. I said, he, yeah.
1: He finally beat them last year. And I don't know. I I, I got to think that plays a
0: plays a significant role. Well, what was my stat there that I was saying? The last three years, he's either won the cup or lost to the cup. The eventual cup champions i'm not saying he won made the finals every right. year but he either won the cup or he lost to the team that won the cup that's three years now he's going for four that'd be a hell of a streak to have wouldn't it yeah you're either coaching the cup winner or you're I'm, i know that's a weird one but you're losing to the team that won the cup which means if you're going to lose to anybody you might as well lose to the best
1: do we know what's going on in that washington game speaking of the cup
0: yeah it was because nothing washington if i'm
1: washington right now I am fired the fuck up when I'm looking at what's happening around me. And it's playoffs. This is the beauty of hockey playoffs, right? Hockey is this most ridiculous sport where a team like Tampa can get absolutely shit kicked by the last seed. I know. It's, and it's it's shocking, but it's really not because we've, see sh- we've seen shit like this before. Yeah. You know, it, it, it happens. It's the playoffs. And LA. It's just, it's just the nature of things, right? Yeah. But Washington's got to be looking at the teams making it through and be like, fuck, boys, we get out of this round. We got to... We're sailing here like we we got a good shot to repeat.
0: Yeah, but would they though? Because then they'd they'd be going up uh well, I mean they'd be going up against trots, which would be amazing. Yeah. Right? Uh, like wouldn't that be that's amazing? I got all the story. I got the keys to the fi- You know what, guys? I got the keys to the vault that is the penguin's safe. Now I've got the keys that are the vault or the the keys to the vault for the Washington safe. We can make it through here. What do we got, Boston or Columbus? Fuck, we can take those guys, yeah. no problem. Because I figured Pittsburgh
1: would simply be able to overpower the Islanders. But, it, it I mean, we've seen in situations throughout the year, like, for instance, how the Leafs played against the Islanders, they weren't able to just overpower the Islanders in most situations. So credit where credit's due, i got to give it to them. But at the same time, I mean, Pittsburgh did not – did not really show up at all, which was surprising. So, I mean, hopefully it's not the beginning of the end for them, but they definitely got to gotta take a good look at, at what's going on and figure it out because, like we've talked about, I mean, the window's not going to be open forever.
0: John Taveras won one series there, right? He won, he Long won, Island, yeah. He won one series against the Panthers. He yeah. actually scored the goal, I believe, to Clinch yeah. or something, right? Um. Yeah. So, is this uh is this a storyline for you? It's not a storyline for me, and I I even hate the fact that I'm bringing it up. But I feel like we're on the podcast, and it's it gets talked about. So we might as well talk about it. I guess sometimes is it a story at all that the Islanders are moving on, and you know we have Tavares and they have a couple of Leafs. Like, how much of a story is that for you? It's
1: it is if you want to troll some. Opposite fans,
0: yeah. Well, Leaf fans, yeah. <laughs> Namely, because exactly. how can we troll those bastards? They swept the Penguins in the, wrong to the nah, still, round of the second round. Yeah,
1: still, still took Tavares from them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true, but I mean, I like, bet you,
1: I bet you, they'd still, sure love to have them.
0: But what kind? Yeah, you're right about that. But it, they'd be idiots to not. But I mean, what kind of storyline does this become if the Islanders move into the? The conference finals.
1: It's definitely a bigger storyline in New York for sure. Because it's not like anybody in Toronto like, man, I guess we should have kept Komarov and Martin. Like, they're not going there on the backs of Komarov and Martin. Okay? No, but it
0: is something that, again, in the back of some people's minds and maybe at the front of some others that are more spiteful and angry about oh, what, how, jo- they, how they treated them. Like, they're, we don't like them. Like, yeah, the fans don't like them. So, how much of a story is it now that, okay, we're out? So we have a chance in the second round to cheer against Boston and against the not the Islanders. At least it makes the playoffs a little bit more interesting for us, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah, like I want the Islanders to get shut down.
0: Yeah, of For course sure. everybody does. The way they treated Tavares, and that's the only reason why. If if Tavares went back and he got a standing ovation, and there was a video tribute, and they loved him, <laughs> like like you would kind of expect most superstars. To, that's why the Tavares thing was so interesting, right? Because right. because of the fact that that's not what we see from. Well, they don't superstar. go anywhere, right? Yeah, ex- yeah. Good point. That's why we don't see it. But yeah, if it went if it went the other way, then I wouldn't I wouldn't have any problem if the Islanders continued to move on. But now I'm like, man, these guys got to get down. These guys got to get golfing with us because yeah, they're as bastards.
1: As much of a good story it is. It's like, yeah. no, I, I don't wish positive
0: things but on But now you. the good story that I wish positives on is is straight to Columbus. Like straight yeah, to Columbus. Yeah, you got
1: to think it's Columbus. I'll jump on that feel goodery. <laughs> <laughs> the abs too. I got I got a soft spot for the abs. And just because I was so fucking blown away by by how they fucking absolutely manhandled Um, But I think I'm going to cling on to to the Blues, though. I really like their team. Like, I just... There's a lot of players there that I really like. You like Bozak? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like... Bozak, I gave Bozak a pretty hard time, especially towards the end of his tenure here. Yeah, did you? Um, I always liked him.
0: I, I, I gave I, him a pass. I, a he little was bit.
1: definitely, he was definitely very, very steady, reliable, reliable presence. Yeah. Maybe just we liked our new shiny things better. Yeah, after a while, that's very very true. But I mean, like you, know, you got guys like Braden Shen, Petrangelo, and this Bennington story is just phenomenal. Oh, I know,
0: and he looks so good, dude. Like this, I don't know if this is a flash in the pan.
1: I yeah you, know, you hope not, but there's no way to know. Tell no way. next year or, or even the year, year after, after that. Yeah, and I the mean, year Matt after Murray's that, Murray's a good example of that. Yeah, right? good point. Really good point. You two cups by the time you're 21, and all of a sudden you're washed up. <laughs> no, that is not washed up. <laughs> and though. you're
0: t- and, and rookies both times.
1: Yeah, I I like I'm high on the Blues because I think they can do it, and I just I for whatever reason really like their team. Ryan Ryan O'Reilly too. I mean, obviously one of the biggest fucking beauties in the league. So they
0: were in last place on january and that's, 3rd that
1: story itself is incredible right
0: january 3rd last place like are you kidding me
1: yeah so we're, we're gonna have there's no shortage of storylines to talk about going forward here so we're gonna have lots of uh, lots of content for the pod without doubt
0: and no and, more uh, leaves
1: yeah there was you know there's funny there was a time uh, there was a point in my my grieving process last night where i'm like ah, fucking, not watching anything no more hockey <laughs> and then i like I watched the highlights of the uh, the San Jose Vegas game this morning. I'm like, holy fuck, playoffs was crazy! How do you miss <laughs> I gotta that? keep yeah. watching hockey, yeah. right? Yeah, it's true. So I don't know if I can tune myself out.
0: I um I was devastated. I actually ended up so I was I went to bed, and uh, w- before I went to bed, I looked and it was three nothing, and I remember I was like, oh wow, Vegas moving on,
1: right? Well, I thought for sure they were then moving on. I put my
0: phone down, and I don't really know what happened. I like to believe. In some like strike of fate, something in my mental capacity said, Hey, wake up, check your phone. Like, check me. Look at, look at. So, for some reason, I just looked at the phone. I don't even know why. I don't do that. Like, I don't need to know what time it is. But I was like, I just, I looked at it. And it was it was tied. It was in overtime. And I was like, holy fuck. So I fucking jumped out of bed, ran downstairs, got the pillow out, got the blanket out. And I ended up falling asleep before the goal.
1: Oh, no. Because in, the goal, Yeah, because the goal came way late. Yeah, it was like a, a minute or two after. Oh, and-
0: I was awake. Uh, I, yeah. I was laying down. I was like, because uh, there's no commercials or anything, right? So I was like, this is good. This is good because I won't fall asleep. It'll go by quickly. I don't know when I fell asleep, but I missed the fucking goal devastating
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely i would say i got uh two more topics i want to hit you up for because i just want to get your takes on them uh one of them was a bit well, both of them i guess are a little yeah, dated we got at this we got point. some we got some time but uh women's world cup finals i don't know if you caught that while you are away or saw yeah, the, the footage thing? for that yeah that is absolutely insane
0: that was like a, literally stealing it from them
1: and i and taking I, it away and we've talked about this and the gray areas around overturning goals for goalie interference and all that. But, and I, I made a joke to my parents I was watching it with at the time. And I was like, oh, just can't wait for this to happen in the NHL, right? Because it took them apparently like eight minutes or something and then another 20 to resume play after that happened because they had all their fucking gear off yeah. and they're celebrating already. I think some of them were already off the ice. Like, it was, that's insanity, man. Like, like just let it go. And, and it and it
0: was a terrible call. If, yeah. it, if it was the right call, we'd be talking about the logistics. Aren't the logistics crazy? Let's go just just the sheer fact that you have to pick everything up and blah blah. That's what we'd be talking about. But it was a terrible call.
1: And there was so much outrage. I remember the AAHF. They, they took their sweet ass time, but um, they eventually had to put out a statement like explaining what happened here. And uh, I know because they were getting like uh, emails and like crazy amounts of like tweets and people going absolutely nuts. But what a tough, tough situation for the Finnish women. They're on home ice too. Yeah, like unbelievable, and they end up losing to the U.S. in a shootout. So kind of disappointing. I'm I'm not entirely sure what to believe because I did read up on it a little bit after it happens. There was. Lots saying it should have absolutely counted. There was a lot of people saying no, they absolutely made the right
0: call. Really?
1: So it's like I, I don't know. Like I, I, I hate it because I hate reviews. Like I'm, I've been like this since the beginning, and I'm just anti fucking these reviews, right? So that's where I stand on that. And I'll just
0: so stick with it. I know that you hate reviews, and I don't want to go to, I don't want to hash up something we've already talked about, but just quickly on reviews because I heard this on the radio today, and I thought it was super interesting. Like. I don't want more review either. But with the Cody Eakin five-in-a-game penalty, are we not even going to consider the fact that we can just quickly have a look at the iPad? I mean, it'll take... In a situation like that...
1: In the situation where you're talking about majors, I can see the value in it. A
0: ma- you're, you're It's a major penalty. Yep.
1: Especially in the...
0: And you're kicking him out of the game well, now. And,
1: and the the... the consequences are magnified, obviously, because of Game 7 last 10 minutes, and it happened to have a profound impact on the game. I too. know, but you
0: can't... I know people are... And I would be saying it as well if it happened to the Leafs, but you can't say that the that's the reason why. They had multiple chances to no, close up the not. series. And they had a chance to kill the penalty When's the last
1: time somebody gave up four goals on yeah, a five-minute power play? They had play, a
0: chance right? to score in overtime as well. No one took that away from them. So yeah. it's not that, but the point of the matter is uh, college football does it. College football will have a flagrant, or whatever they're called, when you kick the guy out of the game. Then they'll go back and realize that it wasn't, and they'll bring him back into the game.
1: I know the NHL never explains themselves, but I would really like to hear what the justification would be now that they've had a chance to review, or like what the analysis from the league would be on this particular play.
0: Well, you know what's funny? I literally just said you can't blame that call on the whole series. And I while I still stand by that, I think of it from the other side of the fence. If that call is not made the way it should be, Vegas wins.
1: Yeah, probably easily.
0: Like cause Cause they were in I'm control. sorry. It, I'm sorry, it, Vegas wins.
1: And you look at the look at the timing of it. With the last 10 minutes in the third period, they were in complete control of that hockey. Yeah, you
0: know? and that, I, I'm not saying that because I watched the whole game. So everyone listening, I, I didn't watch the whole game. So I can't say like, oh, I was watching it, the ebbs and the flows, whatever. Yeah. But from everything I've read and heard from the moment it happened, it was this, this, this sucks. And even some people were saying what I said. You can't blame it. It's not the ref's fault, et cetera, et cetera. It's unfortunate that it happened, but you cannot hang your hat on that's why we're going home yeah, today. And that's it's, not why you're going home today. And it's just
1: a loser's
0: mentality. It's a yeah. loser's mentality. Yeah. Like
1: if you're going to sit there and pour it on the refs, like oh, I, I know we talked about this earlier in the season when – or in the series with the Leafs when they were, we felt like they were getting hosed and shit was let, getting let go and, yeah. you know, whatever. Fucking playoff hockey, right? Playoff hockey. Anything goes. So it's the way she goes. That's the way she goes. That uh, that was a frustrating aspect of of Babcock's uh, pressure there last night too. He was basically like they I know, shot the puck know, in the net. I know he doesn't like to like he doesn't feel like he owes the media shit where he's got to be like give an honest answer and sometimes he feels like he's saying stuff just to say it and but I really don't like it when it's like, we're talking about some pretty serious shit here and he's given that like basically way she goes answer. Okay,
0: so when he first came here- I can say way she goes. You can't, you're the fucking coach. I'm a guy on a (laughs) fucking podcast. (laughs) When he first came here and that was what he was all about, I remember I loved it because I was like, man, this is the guy we need. Like this is the fucking guy we need to change the culture and do all that stuff. Right. But now dude, the culture has changed. We don't need his help anymore. We don't need his help anymore the culture has changed the team is ready to win, and the team is not winning the team is not succeeding and it's it's too often a direct result of decisions that he made or refused to make It definitely
1: places everything under a microscope and I can definitely sympathize with the fans who are who are fucking you know fed up and just completely trashing them um you know, my initial reaction over, like I said, the last couple of games was obviously negative. But anyway, we already did all that and beat that fucking horse to death. So um, one other story I wanted to throw your way. Uh, I remember hearing about the uh, Windsor Spitfires uh, had an interesting draft day this year in the OHL.
0: I did not, no.
1: Okay, so they drafted the perspective. So there's a guy who's been rumored to be purchasing the team. Um, I don't even have his name in front of me. It's kind of... Hard to pronounce anyway. It was, so instead of butchering it, we'll just move on without it. Uh, so he drafted his uh, this guy's son, uh, the Spitfires did fifth overall in the draft. Totally warranted, absolutely phenomenal prospect. Okay, you know that's not the story. Okay, in the fifth round they picked his brother. Okay, unranked by any scouting agency, five foot nine, one hundred thirteen pound defenseman.
0: What? One hundred. What did you say? I'm trying to picture what that guy's body looks like. One hundred. What did you I'm say? A, Sorry. I'm
1: five seven on a good day and buck fifty.
0: So, <laughs> how much? What was the weight? One hundred thirteen pounds. One hundred thirteen pounds. So this
1: guy hasn't even like hit puberty and grown. What? sir. I mean they're fifteen, right? But like,
0: oh right, yeah. You know, okay, like good point.
1: It's, that might be the smallest player I've seen in like draft history.
0: Yeah, it, it would have to be.
1: I would, I would love to know that. You know, I wonder if, if anyone out there is like some kind of crazy hockey historian wow, knows did, how to look that up.
0: Did you say 5'5"? Is that what he said? He's
1: 5'9". Oh, 5'9". So he's taller than me, oh, so he's but t- 40 pounds lighter.
0: Oh, my God. He's
1: just a bean. Oh, I I, I really want to I I tried to find a picture of this guy. I couldn't find anything. So that's where the, like the there was a bit of backlash, I guess, from Spitfire fans because they're like, well, yeah, this guy's about to buy the team, and now they're already – Fucking up, fucking up the team by bringing this, you know, making this ridiculous draft pick, right? Yeah, yeah. And of course, they the media had questioned uh, the GM or whomever about it, and they're like, "Oh no, we've drafted people with potential." Okay, well, I guess theoretically, everyone has some kind of potential, but like, and this guy was playing—I can't remember where he was playing. Too, um, I think I don't—I can't recall if it was double A AA or triple A or whatever, but. I joked, I said, you know what, then this guy's probably going to have to buy an East Coast League, too, for this kid to play in some yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: well, he's got the money for it, right? Yeah. It's, okay, wait, I'm just trying to look it up myself. Is it this, uh, per, per, is it like P A R? Yeah, yeah, okay, I so wasn't even going to try him for So where so. are you getting your stats, though? Uh, this WindsorSpitfires.com says that he's 17, five, seven hundred 176-pound defenseman that split the 2018-19 season between the Mississauga Reps and the North York Rangers fifth round right or no that's fifth overall
1: yeah that's his brother
0: oh i see the kid I the defensive name is
1: like isa or iza or something oh
0: i see okay yeah Okay. Okay. Because yeah, this per- this Peric guy is seventeen, five seven, one seventy six. But he's but it's his brother. <laughs> it's his brother. There's two of them. The oh, one who was a
1: completely warranted draft pick. Oh, this, right?
0: That's this is the guy, Aiden or whatever. Okay. Yes. Okay. I see. Okay.
1: <laughs> so Jeez. anyway, I just I just thought I wanted to bring that up with you and get your reaction on that.
0: Yeah, that seems like super. Uh, well, you know what, man? Like, I mean, the league is kind of evolving, right? To smaller, faster. Uh, smarter players that like learn the game. I mean, not that they didn't learn the game back in the day, but you know what I mean? Like you have to learn the game in the yeah. sense that protect yourself, stay out of uh, areas where you can get hurt. If you're small and a lot of the small players that come up through the NHL ranks are obviously very, very uh, skilled at making sure that they're not uh, in dangerous areas. Yeah,
1: no doubt the league's definitely getting smaller, but it, that I guess that in itself isn't the ridiculous part, but it makes it more ridiculous because, like I said, this guy was completely unranked, like off-the-board draft pick type deal. But it, it makes it stand out even more because he's just looking at his stats. Like it, like it says height and weight, you're like, he's this guy's not even big. Like he doesn't even have that going for him. Yeah, yeah, So exactly. when it sounds like he's not very good and – he also – it's not like he's like, oh, well, the guy's super big and ripped.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like there's yeah, yeah.
1: there's no redeeming qualities there. <laughs>
0: That's hilarious.
1: So I, I'm going to uh, – maybe we'll make it a puck pod thing. We'll check in every once in a while with the uh, Parekh brothers. Yeah, I like see that. see how their careers are, are panning
0: out. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see much from the, uh, from the smaller one, but maybe from that bigger guy. He seems to be a pretty solid pick. Like you said, obviously, he was like – I remember you said that right off the bat. You're like definitely, definitely a great pick. Like, you know, not saying anything about that pick, but his brother. <laughs> 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 Let me tell you about his brother. So, yeah, an interesting one, but uh, yeah, we'll have to follow along for sure.
1: Yeah, hey, you want to wrap this shit up?
0: Uh yeah, I guess we can. You got any closing statements? I mean, we're going to be back at it again next week, I'm sure, and we'll keep it rolling. But I guess that's it for our leaf segment, isn't it?
1: I guess. We haven't
0: had to really have this uh, conversation yet.
1: Yeah, I guess off-season stories probably won't come out for a little while. There. Well, I mean,
0: they are going to talk about them next week. Well, tomorrow
1: is like uh, exiting press uh, – Exit day, press conferences. Yeah, press conferences, all so that. We'll, we'll so we'll get some shit from that. I don't out. know if we'll get any meat and potatoes out of that or injury reports or anything. But I think
0: I'm going to get a grade A fucking top sirloin cut here in that we might have a new coach. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for that – we have a new coach and I have his cell phone number I can text him. <laughs> cuz I texted who'd, him cuz I texted him when they won the Mar- when the Marleys won and he responded.
1: Oh, he didn't say who dis?
0: No, he responded. <laughs> he said, thanks Josh Go, let go. Boom. Right on. Uh, He's in. He's in. That's why I love him so much. He is in. He's like the whole dangle thing. Are you in? He is fucking in. <laughs> And they want him to be here, and Dubis wants him to be here. And I remember joking with, I think you, maybe even on the pod, just kind of ha ha. Here's a joke, but like Dubis almost thinking if we lose, it's going to be great because (laughs) I could have an out, you know. But then the team played great, and we were just unable to get it done. And of course, everybody can blame something, right? Everybody's got to find something to blame.
1: I'll sum it up there. I guess we had a we had a good year overall. I know it fell a little short of expectations, but. You know, we, at least we can take away the teams on the right track. We got to enjoy some playoff hockey again. So It's true, I'll, and it's, c- it's consistently. I'll end it on a positive note, I guess. It's
0: consistently there, dude.
1: You can drill down all kinds of stuff, and playoffs are a major microscope for any team. But, you know, I will say I enjoyed myself this season, uh, and hopefully we get to uh, go a little deeper next year, right?
0: No doubt, my friend. So, all right, that's it for episode 31. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at PuckPod, at Lesko Adam. And at Coleman42, you'll find us, tweet us, uh, hit us up with whatever you want. Um, Second-round matchups, Colorado, San Jose, Dallas-St. Louis, Columbus-Boston, and New York Islanders versus, to be named right now, the game is on uh, on the television. Well, actually, it's supposed to be on the television, but it's not. It's 2-0 Washington. So if that, if that sticks, it'll be Barry Trotz versus uh, his former team, the Stanley Cup champion. So like Lesko said, lots of storylines uh for the upcoming weeks and thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next week take care cam comb your hair